When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Second hour of Life the Tower on the Horn. Craig Way and Jeff Howe with you. Producer Cameron Parker alongside. Glad to have you with us as well here on this Monday as uh, we head toward the NCAA tournament with the uh, Longhorns, of course, headed as the number two seed in the Midwest region. They'll open play on Thursday evening. Uh, in Des Moines at 625. We'll be on here at 6 o'clock with the uh, pregame for that one from the network. So we look forward to bringing you uh, that. Um, uh, Coming up a little bit later on this hour, we'll also have uh, additionally uh, some some, uh, football uh, notes in our Longhorn Notebook with Jeff coming up at the bottom of the hour. But... Uh, we want to go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline because well, I told this story last year, and I didn't tell the story. I just brought him on to tell the story. Uh, last year when the uh, Longhorn men's basketball team uh, played in the NCAA tournament in Milwaukee, there were, um, well, let's just say there was, a, there was transport of equipment challenges is the best way to describe that, going up and coming back. And the man who was tasked with the responsibility of finding the way to get it all up there and get it all back, all under uh, the correct NCAA guidelines, and did all of that expertly, is back at it again. It's Rob Lazar, who has served the university for more than 20 years as equipment manager, and he's joining us on the road again. Are you driving another big truck like you did back from Milwaukee last year? It's uh, it's actually a little bit bigger than the truck from last year because of the uh, more curveballs that we have for traveling from this year than last. So. I am. Uh, I am coming. I'm just south of Waco right now. We're about to pass the uh, the Brazos River and heading to Kansas City tonight, and then Des Moines in the morning. You should have just kept your hotel room. You know, for over the weekend there, probably it might have worked out there. But uh, okay, I, I, I want to review for folks uh, the deal that happened last year. And then, and then uh, get you to, to describe what it is you're having to do this year. I want to start, first of all, last year, this wasn't just about driving a truck back from Milwaukee. This started before the trip, right, with the, uh, with the uh, weight regulations and things that went on with the charter flight? Yeah, so the NC2A has this little portal, though. we got to submit everything, um, you know, personnel, weight, personal baggage, uh, everything. You know, anything and everything that's going with us. 
Well, we did that, and when we got onto the tarmac, the uh, pilot had some uh, personal discretion and said that you're not using one of the cargo holds. So I was short on some space to get probably about 80 bags up to Milwaukee. Uh, thank God we had a second plane on the tarmac and got that up. Coming back, we didn't have said second plane, so I had to rent a truck to get everything back from Milwaukee. Uh, if we would have won, I driven straight to Philly. Well, this year, we do the same and put everything into the portal. I am underweight. I'm happy. I think everything's copacetic. And then we get a call from CBS, and we get chosen as one of six teams that kind of have a behind-the-scenes uh, look at uh, the team and the whole tournament. So CBS called and says we're adding six passengers and about 1,500 pounds which put me overweight about, said, 1,500 pounds. So yesterday I scrambled and grabbed the truck, and me and my new uh, best sidekick from last year, uh, Cole Pedro Ramsey, uh, co-pilot me, we loaded up the truck with the other managers. I've got our equipment, training room equipment, uh, some personal bags, water, Gatorade, and... Uh, the pedals on the floor heading north. Now, did, did you load the basketball goal that you guys have been taking on the road all season long, that portable goal when you tape down a lane in the in the uh, meeting room to, to do walk-through stuff? That, that is with us uh, to save the weight on the plane. It's not needed at, in, in Austin until uh, – well, it's not needed until we need it up here in uh, Des Moines. So it's on the trucks. Okay. With that tape. Now, if, if I remember correctly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, when you said last year when the pilot decided didn't want one of the cargo holds to be used, you said, fortunately, there was another plane sitting on the tarmac that was going unused. Didn't you load that plane with just all it was was gear and then, what, you had a few managers fly on it? They were the only passengers on the flight? Yeah, the plane didn't have a, a cargo hold, so we put all the bags in the seats, strapped them down, and my two uh, students actually flew in the cockpit of the plane um, to Milwaukee. So you had two students in the cockpit. Meanwhile, you've got a tuba strapped down in 14D, something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. It might have been 15, but it was back there somewhere. Okay. All right. So Rob Lazar is with us now. So um, give folks an idea of of all of the gear, because it's uh, it takes, obviously, a great amount uh, to move a football team for a game. That's why there's an 18-wheeler uh, to take all of that stuff. But you guys aren't transporting things in an 18-wheeler. So give folks an idea of... Uh, how much baggage are you talking about to transport a basketball team, say, 800 miles or so, whatever it is, up to Des Moines? What, what is it from here? 1,000 miles? Uh, 850? What is, it, what is it up to Des Moines? Uh, well, it's seven, it was seven, it's 720 to Kansas City, and then another 180. Three more hours after that. Yeah, yeah we'll 900. Go three hours after that. 900 miles. Okay, all right. Uh, well, I mean, to answer your question, basically, we're moving operations from BBR on campus to Des Moines. So start on the fourth floor. I'm bringing, um, you know, printers, office supplies, you know, anything and everything that the coaches are going to need to use to turn out for scouting reports. Um, and then work on down. I've got, you know, Warren's 
basically training room. Uh, anything that he uses for the guys to get healthy, uh, that's at BBR is on the back of the truck and rolling with us. And then from our standpoint, well, even Sam's standpoint with nutrition, I've got uh, 30 cases of Gatorade, 30 cases of water, uh, shakes, um, snacks, you name it. I mean, you see it when we're on the road. And then for us in the equipment room, um, I've got three of my six practice loops with us. I've got uh, extra balls for when we practice off-site that's not provided. I've got weight room equipment with John Riley. So basically, you know, whatever I could fit into the truck that was over at BBR is in the truck going to Des Moines. How many pairs of shoes made this road trip? So I've got a, I've got, a, I've got the backup shoes for the guys, um, uh, and then the guys have it picked, quote unquote, their gamers, and then their backups for the gamers. Uh, so I've got two pair each right now for the guys, and then there'll be another two or three pair each for the guys coming up with the plane once they figure out what they want to wear. Okay, so we're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of 60, 70 pairs of shoes, that, something like that. Okay. Yeah, my, I mean to give you to give you an idea, one one backup shoe bag has got sixteen pairs of shoes in it. It's close to a hundred pounds. Good lord. Okay. And by the way, I, you know Parker Saxton, who's handling the operations, he sent out that text last night, and it got my attention, saying. And, and is this something new, Rob? Because I don't remember from the past. The NCA is limited on the charter. You cannot have a bag uh-huh. in excess of forty pounds. Uh, the, yeah, you're you, you're on that list. Oh, yeah, you know, you now know why I'm driving. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, it made me nervous thinking about my radio broadcast case. However, it checked in at 34 and a half pounds, so it's under under the uh, under the wire. It got in under I'll that. Tell you a funny, I'll tell you a funny story. When we were coming back from the NIT championship, uh, the plane that we were supposed to be on got timed out. New plane, I'm on the tarmac, and the pilot calls me, and it says, hey, can you come up to the cabin for a second? He says, I got some questions about this weight. And he was, like, asking where we were at. And he goes, are, are we close to this? And I was like, plus or minus, you know, 5%. He goes, well, plus 5%, we got to stop in Nashville and get fuel. Minus 5%, we can make it all the way to Austin. He says, what do you think? And I go, I went to LSU. I take my shoes off to get to 20, like, Stop in Louisville or to Nashville and get some fuel. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a true LSU grad. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> well, listen, I appreciate you doing this and uh, drive it safe. I'll look forward to seeing you up at the hotel uh, tomorrow. Uh, it should be an awful lot of fun. But if, if there's anybody that's going to safely get all that equipment there and get it in the hands uh, of the guys to make sure that they're best equipped for success, it's you, Rob Lazar. And I appreciate you taking the time. No worries. Have a good one, bud. Appreciate uh, it. All right. Drive careful. That's uh, Rob Lazar. And Cole with him, as he calls him, Pedro, his, his co-pilot. And and they drove it back last year, and they, they had a little scary moment. When they were going through Dallas on a flyover when a tornado had blown through the air, and they had some straight-line winds. And he said that the, the vehicle started moving laterally in the lane, but they were able to navigate it through. So they're on their way to uh, Des Moines, Iowa. I uh, got a couple of things here, Craig, yes. just to note before we uh... Get ready to hit this uh-huh. break, and I know we've got our flex update on the other side and a yep. few other things. 
the final AP poll is out. Now, the AP releases their final poll at the end of the conference tournaments before March Madness starts. Yep. Texas, number five in the final okay. AP poll. That is tied for the highest AP poll finish in school history with the 0203 team. Okay. Also finished fifth in the okay. country. Yeah, uh, and they spent a lot of the season at or right around that number. I believe Texas was, you know, they started the year at 12 in the uh-huh. AP poll. If I remember right, I don't think they fell lower than that the entire yeah. year. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, excellent job uh, uh, by the Longhorns and, of course, by Rodney Terry and the staff. And we've got to mention it because Specs Text Line has been blowing up. It, it's it's official. Uh, Ole Miss has hired Chris Beard as their new head basketball coach. Yep. He is uh, now the head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels. So uh, we'll be seeing him in a couple of years. <laughs> I did think it was strange that the the video, that old video package that Ole Miss put out for, hey, we hired Chris Beard. Nothing involving his tenure at Texas. Really? Really. Okay. All Texas Tech clips. Okay. All right. Is that a, you think that's a, a Texas thing or a beard request? I don't know, but the responses on the Twitter machine, Cam, are pretty much what you would expect in terms of the Ole Miss fans responding one way and pretty much everybody else responding another. Yeah. If you haven't looked at it, the Twitter post from the official Ole Miss account has some great replies from Mississippi State fans going back and forth. Even some Texas Tech fans get involved to it. It's pure comedy. When Arkansas fans are, are getting into your mentions, uh, you, you had a pretty... You're having, not having a great morning. Yeah, there it is. Off with the new adventure. That's the, Our, that's the, le- that's the league we're, we're venturing into, Craig. There you go. Mark that down. All right. Uh, coming up, we will have a, uh, a Flex 30 update and a uh, Longhorn Notebook. That is next when we continue with Life the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital. The Horn app and at hornfm.com. Life the Tower. Underrated Elton John hit from 1979. I'm still standing. Longhorn's still standing as well. So, that's good. Glad to uh, have you with us here on this Monday of March Madness week. Hey, uh, going back to the uh, Chris Beard announcement, said that, uh, somebody said they heard they played all my exes live in Texas. The George Strait standard at the announcement. Yeah, okay, sure they probably did that. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's go uh, to our Flex Thirty update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Well, you got all your new state champions, and there was a lot of Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex domination of the boys' UIL state championship. Grayford is out west of 
the Metroplex. It's out by Possum Kingdom Lake, uh, but that's in the north northern uh, central part of the state. Uh, then you got Hitchcock down by Houston, which won the 3A over Childress. Lipan, which kind of straddles the uh, Palo Pinto-Hood County line, so that's southwest of the Metroplex. And then after that, well, the 4A goes to Faith Family Academy of Oak Cliff. Boy, they become a dominant program, that charter mm-hmm. school, uh, beating Houston, Washington. Kimball, unfortunately for our buddy Mike Harge and his Colleen Ellison Eagles, great season. And Got the fighting two Harges the had, a, had a good run. Yep, they did. Uh, Kimball took them out in the state championship round in 5A, 69-48. And then Lake Highlands from Richardson. They won a title in basketball back in 1968 and not won one since. Known primarily for football. Uh, for many, many years. They did win one football state title in 1981, the last year where they only took district champions to the playoffs and and expanded to 32 uh, to uh, 64 teams the bracket the next year, 1982. But now they have a second basketball state title. They beat Beaumont United, who had won those 5A titles before moving up classification. Trey Johnson, by the way, the number one overall prospect in the country for the class of 2024. And he was the outstanding player in the 6A tournament. 29 points in the championship game. Yeah, lived up to all of that billing. So congratulations to all of the brand-new UIL State Boys basketball champions. Time now for a second hour edition of The Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. A Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert and your Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. No football practice this week. Nope, Longhorns are off. Sark was asked on Friday during that availability, what uh, what's the emphasis over spring break? And he said, I'm paraphrasing here, that life is full of decisions and choices and make good ones over spring break. So, no That's issues. Succinctly when you ask him. put, yeah, yeah, not nothing fire and brimstone from the head coach on that front. But uh, just wanted because I felt like I rushed through everything on Friday because just yeah. getting over here, and uh, I just want to kind of reiterate a couple things. Just hit on, and, and you can get over to Horns twenty four seven and check out my practice notes from Friday. Just getting to observe for a little bit. Um, but you know, I felt like the quarterbacks collectively were the sharpest they had been in the the three times we were out there. Last week, and again, it was first day in full pads, and you know we're not we're not watching them do much of anything except you know routes on air. But you know you can. I just like the tempo, the rhythm, the accuracy, the way the ball was jumping out of Quinn Ewers' hand, the way it was jumping out of Arch Manning's hand. Just thought the quarterbacks looked like they were both getting more comfortable with just the practice rhythm, the routine of practice. And you know Malik Murphy still not throwing as of Friday. Sart said the biggest thing about the quarterbacks between that Friday practice and when the team gets back from spring break. Malik Murphy's just got to basically do what he can to see if he can get that foot healthy to just get back on the grass and actually start participating in practicing. He's been dressed out. He just hasn't been a full participant. Uh, You know, if if he's on the shelf, Craig, for any extended amount of time, then the development of Arch Manning then becomes paramount. I was going to say it accelerates, doesn't it? you got to have a backup quarterback. I'll I'll drive that home till the cows come home. You've got to have a backup quarterback. You can look at the years where Texas has needed one. You don't have to go back very far. Each year, Sark has been on the job. He's needed to go to the backup quarterback by game three. Yep. Once for performance, one was for injury. So the backup quarterback most likely is going to have to end up playing. History tells you they'll end up playing 
significant snaps. Sark really had some good things to say about two young guys that we didn't see hardly any of last year, one on offense, one on defense. Jaden Blue on offense. Mm-hmm. We ta- he talked all last fall, Craig, about how Jaden Blue made as much progress as anybody in the program from the end of spring practice, really kind of up through the bowl game. He really mm-hmm. liked what Jaden Blue did. And you've got a running back situation now where, especially that first week, where he got a lot of work because you got Keelan Robinson dealing with the, the muscle strain, whatever he's dealing with. Sark hasn't been specific about the injury, but he hasn't been a full participant in practice. Jonathan Brooks hasn't been a full participant because he's recovering from that hernia surgery. So Jaden Blue's getting a lot of run. C.J. Baxter's getting a lot of run. Uh, and that's a position where – you know, maybe a bell cow emerges, but maybe you're just going to have to replicate the production you got from Bijan and Roshan by committee. It could be all of those guys in some different way contributing. Maybe one of those guys hits the portal after spring ball. I don't know, but it's pretty much wide open for snaps as RB1 right now between that group of guys. Uh, just I'll just run down the, the, the role here with the uh, – in terms of position groups, uh, still really like what I'm seeing out of the newcomer receivers, A.D. Mitchell, who, you know, Friday was probably his least effective practice. We'll call it that. He let some balls hit the ground. But, man, Jontae Cook is so good. Craig, you know that. You've seen oh, plenty yeah. of him. And, you know, I, the, uh, Mike Roach and I were talking about this when we were having lunch at Counter Cafe after the Wednesday practice, which when I was on the phone with you and Cam that Wednesday, I was just gushing about Jontae Cook. Whenever the Counter Cafe were on the east side? There's the one over by campus. Yeah. Is yeah. that the one you went to? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The burger was yep. top notch. Yep. But uh we're talking about Mike and I were talking about Jonte Cook, and, and he's a little more explosive than this guy, but he, he really Jonte really reminds me of Kendall Sanders. Interesting. If you think back to when Kendall Sanders was at Texas, just the subtle explosiveness for a guy that wasn't, you know, a big possession type receiver, just had incredibly strong hands. Uh, it was a little bit of Kendall Sanders in Jontae Cook's game, but just his ability, again, just to go from you know zero to 90 to get the top gear as quick as he can, it, it is extremely impressive. I thought one of the bigger developments was Cole Hudson dressing out. Like when he had the shoulder yeah. surgery, and then Sark said he was a guy that they were counting on, maybe you get him back at some point after spring break. I'm like, well, that sounds like an awful quick recovery from a shoulder surgery, but to see him dressed out, he wasn't going through drills, but at least being somewhat of a participant on the periphery, we'll call him, that's a really encouraging deal. Because DJ Campbell's gotten to work at at that right guard spot, and Cole Hudson's a guy that could factor into your mix as a backup center, especially with Connor Robertson still having the hand wrap coming (laughs) off the wrist surgery. So uh, it's a really good deal to see Cole Hudson out there. The other guy that I didn't mention with Jaden Blue switching over to defense Dre Bledsoe's a guy we heard a ton about in the fall and a ton about in bowl practices. And Sark said right now he's really one of their best athletes on that side of the ball, period. Uh, and he's so unique because he didn't play football his senior year because of that transfer he made uh, to Mar- from, from Burton to Marlin, or Bremont to Marlin, excuse me, from Bremont right. to Marlin. Uh, didn't play as a senior. Uh, got here in the spring and really – Last spring, he was doing so much catch-up from not playing his senior year that it was really more about conditioning among anything for him. And then, you know, we didn't see him last year, but he gets to be on the scout team and then bowl practices. So now you're talking about a guy at 6'4", or 270-ish that has that kind of elite athleticism. He's going to factor in somewhere for this defense. I don't know where. You know, we keep hearing great things that Byron Murphy's ready to take the next step and 
you're still four deep at that D tackle rotation. So I don't know where Jare Bledsoe factors into this thing. Oh, Sark said he might factor into it edge some situationally. He he's a guy that they're gonna. I think Sark used the term Rolodex or Rolodexing guys through yeah. that edge position opposite Barron. Well, that's an old term, isn't it? Rolodex. Yeah, I haven't heard that one in a minute. Yeah. Show of hands out there, the, the youthful of you. If you know, do you know what a Rolodex Cameron, is? Do you know what a Rolodex that is? I do know. Okay, okay. Right. not on a Cadillac converter, but I do know what a Rolodex is. I think I had <laughs> okay. one actually okay. growing up. Did you really? Nice. Okay. Uh, again, can't say enough about Anthony Hill and Leonga LaFau, the job they're doing. Uh, really like the secondary, too, just from a body type standpoint. The only bad thing is Jalen Catalan still recovering from the shoulder surgery that he had at Arkansas. Uh, so, but it's been, it's given Keaton Crawford a time, uh, to get some reps with the ones. So that's what's in, so interesting about spring. It's, it's guys that, you know, I say the same thing about Mo Blackwell, getting some run at linebacker. Guys that we've seen as kind of core special teams guys or guys in backup roles, now it's, for some of these guys, who can take that next step and become a starting caliber player? Because even though you might be number two on the depth chart, you know the way this game works, some of those backups are going to have to end up playing. Not, and I know I talked about quarterback. Some of these other guys further down the depth chart are going to have to end up playing significant snaps for you at some point. So don't lose sight of, of a Jeray Bledsoe, a Mo Blackwell, even you know on offense like a Casey Kane at receiver. His ability to continue to develop. Gunner Helm with as much 12 personnel as Sark likes to run. Those running backs, that's a violent position where you could churn through a few guys in a given season. So I like the depth overall on this team. From now, really, until you get to Rice on September 2nd, it's all about can you take this depth and turn it into talented depth? Yeah. The big question there for that. Okay. Uh, there's your uh, there's your uh, Longhorn Notebook with Jeff talking some football. Nice little football discussion Absolutely. on the show. Uh, we had somebody on the Specs text line. Oh, uh, our, our friend Tom uh, uh, mentioned and said, Roshan Johnson came out to watch some of the UT women's tennis match against Oklahoma State yesterday up close and personal. He's big. Looks more like a linebacker than a running back. Good to see Roe out there. Roe's about two, 220, between 220 and 225. He's 6'2". Yeah. So. Uh, Longhorn baseball, 5-0 uh, on the homestand so far. This kind of beat Manhattan in the submission over the weekend and, and did that. Uh they have North Dakota State coming in tomorrow and Wednesday for a double midweek, and then they uh, continue the uh, homestand with the privateers in New Orleans. New Orleans was the team uh, victimized, I think, by the horrible umpire calls. Oh, my gosh. The one that got the umpire suspended yeah. for those horrific strike you see, calls. Did you, you saw that, didn't you, Cam? Oh, my goodness. I don't I don't know how, as a player, I mean, the, the, it was so bad, the catcher of the opposing team like held back the batter because even they knew they were throwing the ball. How back egregious the it was! I, I think that was New Orleans actually benefited from it because yeah. they, they might have been Mississippi, Mississippi Valley State. State. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, was yeah. victimized by it. So yeah, the privateers will be in uh, <laughs> this weekend. That was awful. That was really really bad. I'll say one thing about the Manhattan series because we know in this homestand before you get to that series with Tech, you're you're playing some winnable games. Uh, you the mean si- the fact that they're two fifty nine in the RPI? Did that strike your attention? <laughs> did, did you know Manhattan has a higher RPI than Baylor, though? Yeah, how about that? At last check, yeah, I thought I was like that can't be right. I'm like, oh, it's, it's right. Um, this was supposed to be a weekend where Texas played Oregon State. Yep. And when that fell through, you're at a point where you're really scrambling. To get an opponent for a weekend Period. series at this point, late. So, it, from what I was told, it was either going to be Manhattan or mm. you were probably going to have to do a three game with Texas Southern. Yeah, 
So neither a, was a SWAC team yeah. or you know Manhattan. At that point, it's probably going to count the same against your RPI. I think so. they have Texas Southern later in the year. Too. Yeah, for a midweek. Yeah, yeah, they'll be in here for a midweek. So yeah, it's uh, just wasn't ideal. You yeah. know, an ideal scheduling situation. But hey, credit the Bevos. You. You know, played three one three, so yep. all you there can you do go. is five play, on the home stand play so the far. ones in front of that are in front of you. And it's always a good feeling just to have your head above water, above the five hundred mark. Now, uh, speaking of five hundred, Peyton Powell is just tearing the cover off he the is. ball right he now. Is. He has found his groove. It's, ama- it's amazing how productive he is, Craig. Now that he's finally healthy, it makes a big <laughs> difference. Uh, J Dub says, uh, "Hey, uh, you know." Um, uh, what about the kid from Marlin? You just talked about the kid. Well, from I've Marlin. talked about Jare Bledsoe. Yeah, Darian yeah. Dillette still dealing with the yep. ACL injury, yeah. so he's yeah he's going to be. You know, yep. Don't plan on seeing much of him yeah. maybe at all in twenty twenty three. What's up, fellas? Any chance our seniors on the basketball team come back for a fifth year? I think the only one eligible was Dylan DeSue. That's it. That's and it. and Dylan has said he hadn't made that decision. He was asked at the, the news conference. Uh, and said uh, in Kansas City, he said he hadn't made a decision. He'll talk with his family. He did go through the Senior Day celebration, but that he said he would just to have be able to experience that just in case he doesn't come back. He yeah. said it did not indicate for sure that he wasn't. He just wanted to have that experience, and nothing wrong with that. So he did. I mean, Jordan Shipley threw, went through <laughs> three of them. I think I two of them. He did two of them. Uh, both both Gave had a few maybe. Uh, Stoner wants to know why no Beavers. They they. They opted out. They bailed out on it, decided not to do it. So uh, there you are with that. Somebody said, any thoughts on the Academy Awards last night, uh, Craig? I didn't get to see any of it. I didn't watch, I didn't watch any I was, of it either. I, didn't, I was flying back with the women's team. They didn't get started until late, so that's all I have to say about that. Uh, I, I, uh, I pulled my there. Craig College Sports Sicko card last night. You know what I watched instead of the, uh, the Academy Awards? What would you watch? I watched the NIT selection show. Wow, look at yeah. you. Um. Yeah, it was, I did it. I'll hey, admit can it. you explain to me why? Because I'm not. Uh, I all I saw was the selection. And again, I was on a plane coming back. Why Oklahoma State, the top overall seed in the NIT, is starting off on the road? Is somebody playing at Gallagher Iba Arena? Uh, they might have a wrestling deal at Gallagher Iba. Wrestling meat, as uh, they would say hey, in man, uh, the you, Breakfast Club. You know this, and yeah, people that wrestling's don't, aren't big from that there. part of the country. Wrestling's it's, probably everybody about every bit as big as football is in Stillwater, Oklahoma. That's where the uh, Collegiate Wrestling Hall of Fame is. Is there? It's in Stillwater, so it's it's big. But Gallagher Iba not available, so they're playing at Youngstown State uh, tomorrow night, I believe it is, or Wednesday in in the NIT. Oklahoma State, the top overall seed in the NIT, and they're opening on the road, playing there. So not able to go. I did notice. Let's see, um, North Texas made the NIT. Sam Houston made the NIT. In fact, now Sam Houston's got a tough assignment. I think they have to go out. They have to play at Santa Clara. If they win and North Texas wins. Okay, here it is. I'm, yeah. I'm from the Oklahoman. Uh, OSU declined to host the opening game due to a large amount of commitments for athletic staff this week. OSU is the host school for the NCAA wrestling tournament in Tulsa, requiring a large contingent of workers to be in Tulsa. OSU's women's basketball team will also be on the road for the NCAA tournament. Other teams are also on the road. So it's a staffing issue. Staffing issues. Okay. All right. So they have a staff infection, so to speak. And even, even for big conference games, it's not like they were just sprinting through the turnstiles at Gallagher-Iba this right. season. Right, right. So, so, uh, so they're going to open on the road at Youngstown State, even though they're the top overall seed in the NIT. Uh, Sam Houston and North Texas both made it. If both win, 
their first-round games, they'll play each other in the second round, which could be a pretty good matchup in the second round of the NIT if if that were to happen there. That was, I guess, probably about all that stood out to be up the NIT. That and the fact that North Carolina declined to participate. Any, any thoughts were, on that? Well, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't really like what they – Articulated as the reasonings for not. Yeah, going. the Hubert Davis statement. It was I didn't very like that vague about yeah. development of the team. Okay, gotta develop your team by playing games. Just be honest. Like, look, we had a bad year. We just kind of want to be done yeah. with this whole deal. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, when Texas had that run under Rick Barnes, making the NCAA tournament happen in uh, 2013. They took that CBI invitation because he said, we've got a real young basketball team. We've got to play games. They only played one. But he said, we need to play games. And you know, if they'd won their first round game, you know where the, what would have happened for the second round game? I, I've tried to block that thing out. No, I don't They remember. would have been on the road at George Mason, where Rick Barnes began his coaching career. Interesting. They would have played at George Mason. I was kind of I was hoping for that at that point. It, you know, uh, Not that I was in a you know, tremendous... <laughs> grip to do a lot of cbi games but just just that whole thing that whole uh theme behind that but anyway uh, that's... are you are you uh are you sitting there courtside at hoffine's pavilion as a rat crawls over your foot just watching the final seconds <laughs> tick, rat just watching the final seconds tick down like man this is just this is sad this is a sad ending to a season well remember it ended in the last seconds it was a tip-in shot they lost something like 73-72 or something like that. They lost on a tip-in uh, there. They didn't get to use Cam Ridley. He had an allergy issue. That's right, yeah. So uh, they lost on a last-second shot. You know what stands out to me about that deal, that whole CBI thing? The day before the game, um, they're going through a practice, and Rick Barnes is standing there, and I'm just standing there with my engineer, Mike Pertle, and we're hooking up equipment and stuff. And I'm standing probably about as close as I am to you, and he's just standing with his arms folded, and he's watching – the uh, workout going on, and he just says, almost like to no one in specific, except that he called my name, and he goes, it's all going to change, Craig. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he goes, it's all going to change. And he was just like, without even looking at him, he was looking out on the floor, and it was almost like some big philosophical statement was coming, and I said, what's going to change? He goes, this. He said, we can't ever do this again. He said, this is this is all going to change we got to turn this thing around next year. And they did, getting to Milwaukee yeah. in the second round of the tournament. But um, I always remember him standing there going, it's all going to change, Craig. It's all got to change. So, um, And uh, I remember Augie saying a very similar thing to me uh, later that spring in 13 about it, it all had to change after they I've, didn't even make I vividly remember David Pierce at the end of 2019. Same deal. Sitting, sitting here, his, I think his first words were, I'm not, I, just, I don't know what's going to change, but I'm not going to sit here and be 27 and 27 again. Yep. Yep. No no doubt about it. Men of action. By the way, how big was the rat at Hoffines? <laughs> they, it wouldn't have been out at courtside. It would have been in that tunnel area. No, no disrespect, U of H fans. I'm sure Fertitta Center doesn't have rats. They it's completely the redid yeah. it. Yeah, completely redid it from that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. That's going to wrap it up for here. Now, you're out tomorrow because you're in transit to yes. Des Moines, correct? Yeah. Uh, I'll be in transit to Des Moines sometime or Still not sure when, but I'm planning on being here 
tomorrow morning, and then as the week progresses, we'll see what we'll see. Uh, on tap tomorrow, Cameron will give you a rundown of the uh, CBI bracket. Yeah. Give you his projections for how that's going to 100%. Effect. All right. And uh, a thorough investigation on what a Cadillac converter is as well. <laughs> oh, good. We'll look forward to that. I All expect right. a thorough a preview of Tarleton versus Radford tomorrow. There you go. We invite you to go stay Jackson's. tuned uh, for uh, Chad and Zay. For our man behind the glass, our producer, Cam Parker. And for my co-host, Jeff Howe, I'm Craig Way. Thanks for joining us. We'll visit with you next time on Light the Tower.